Everybody and welcome back to the Realm of Unknown podcast, a supernatural and paranormal podcast for you guys to enjoy this spooky autumn season. How is everyone doing? There's not really a whole lot, you know, special or different going on over on my end. Only real big thing, I believe, from I think this was an update from the point of last episode but i actually have a new job coming up it starts at the time of this episode being released it starts actually that following week so i'm going to be definitely a lot more busy it it is a hybrid position at the moment but it is a full-time uh job so it is going to definitely take more attention away from stuff but in the meantime i have a bunch of scripts that i wrote out a bunch of research piled up so that i can just record things and not have to do like page upon page research for new topics but uh, yeah so aside from that little thing the patreon is definitely having more content added to it all the time for you guys to enjoy as you are aware from previous episodes if you want to enjoy a sort of bonus segment or you know, 15 to 20 minute news discussion of a weird topic of my choosing. Uh, You can do so at the end of every episode that's released. So the end of this one, there will be a new one up on the Patreon. And for this month, the Fright Month stuff is starting um, up again. But this time it is taking on the... It's taking on the sort of role of Terror Tuesday back from when I was over on the YouTube. And this is just a sort of variety of weird topics and strange creatures from across the globe. And those are going to be delegated over there. However, I didn't decide that until like the first week of the month that I would actually be doing that. So the whole Fright Month thing is actually going to be extending into November. Especially for me, too. I feel like November also kind of has that sort of spooky eeriness to it. So I'm actually extending it. So you're going to have both of the months enjoying it, and it's going to be something that... I'm not sure if it has actually been done before in any way, but it's just essentially an extra bonus few episodes of topics that... Perhaps we could discuss on the real show like this. However, it is oftentimes there are shorter episode topics that don't really, not deserve, but can really pad out their own episode in and of themselves. So it's something new to check out. If you want to do so, go over to patreon.com forward slash realm of unknown. And again, we have a one, three and five dollar tier list. All the tier lists will give you the bonus episode after every you know, weekly episode. But as you go up, you get more bonus series as well as access to monthly polls, additional behind-the-scenes content, and lots of extra goodies. So again, that's patreon.com forward slash realm of unknown. So today we actually have a creature. And we actually haven't talked about a creature in a good while. I think the last one was... Oh gosh, it was either like Tessie or oh god I can't even remember the last creature creature well, we, we haven't talked about a creature in a while 
And with that, we are actually going to be moving outside of the country. I know, you know, the East Coast has kind of been the focus for a good while, but the spooky season is something that everyone can enjoy. So I'm kind of shifting gears and I'm pulling back an old topic that I did research on a good while back that originates from the Philippines and Filipino mythology. And this is something that is unique to their culture in a few cultures across the globe in which in Philippine mythology, they do not really fear creatures simply of the night, like on their own as we do. They also have this sort of pantheon of monsters and spirits that target the body after your death. And that is something that is shared across a lot of different creatures and is something that in Philippine mythology, they also fear. And that is where this weeks this episode's creature enters and that is the ball ball and it's one of probably the most gruesome creatures within philippine mythology and it is perhaps the oldest and i'll talk about that as we get there but it is definitely perhaps the oldest within the sort of ghouls in particular that like to eat your corpse so with that we will get into the, some of these stories, the myth, the background, some of the connections to other creatures that are similar to it from the Philippines. And before we begin, I will give a huge, huge disclaimer in the very beginning. I will be pronouncing most, if not all of these names, locations, you know, tribe names. I will probably be pronouncing them wrong. <laughs> so I do apologize for that, but despite getting you know pronunciation checks for a few of them i cannot guarantee that i will actually be pronouncing them correctly so do not come at me for it i know some people will but just disclaimer ahead of time okay so the stories say that the ball ball is a creature who steals the corpses in order to feed on the rotting flesh the creature is said to have very, very sharp claws and teeth meant for tearing through muscle and bone. And once the ball ball has fed, uh, this is actually something that is fairly unique to it and also to the region and their culture. It is said that the creature will leave the trunk of a banana tree within the coffin of the deceased that it had just consumed, creating an illusion of the stolen body in its place. So that oftentimes the ball ball will go after freshly deceased people, people often, you know, waiting to be buried. So they will consume it, leave this illusion, and the illusion will be buried only for there to be, you know, simply the trunk of a banana tree. So the ball ball is said to only consume the corpses of humans. They prefer to, again, go after the fresh ones and oftentimes do not go after animals at all. One way to deter a ball ball is with loud noises, as they seem to just not enjoy them. However, this is not an end-all be-all. It is simply just a way to scare them off. Overall, the ball ball is often associated and described as being very similar to more Western depictions of the typical vampire. And we will again discuss that as we go through. So I'm going to be talking from a few books and segments of, you know, myth and research from different doctors and uh, researchers from across the globe because the ball ball and the specific type of creature that it is 
is fairly confusing, and I've had this issue in the past, and I've seen this with other you know podcasts and topics in which they talk about either they they are unknowingly talking about different creatures like how I was back in the past, or they are aware and they do mention in the beginning that there is a sort of umbrella term for these creatures, and we will talk about that as well. So. First off, I want to talk about the Creatures of Philippine Lower Mythology by Dr. Maximo Ramos. And this individual, you know, book and this individual piece of research is actually crediting the Ball Ball with being associated to the Tagbawan people. Again, I'm going to pronounce all these wrong. But this is tying back to that belief that perhaps the Ball Ball is a sort of origin ghoul in a sense origin spirit to these new stories that you hear nowadays the tabangwa people are normally or mainly i should say found in the central and northern regions of palawan again i'm going to pronounce all these wrong but that is actually a providence and an also a set of archipelago within Phil- within the philippines i believe it's on like the western sort of coast or collection of islands, but they were primarily located there, essentially giving them a very close proximity to sort of mainland Asia, in a sense. Uh, So the research has shown that the uh, Tabanwa people are basically descendants of what is believed to be the Taban, thus making them one of the sort of original inhabitants of the Philippines, dating back to roughly an estimated 40,000 years. Now, it should be noted that the Taban man was believed to be... I I don't even think it was one person. I believe it was a name given to a collection of bones, which I believe they determined to be a few handful discovered in a cave in this region. And they believed it to be, you know, the oldest documentation of individuals in the archipelagos. Now, I believe since the discovery of this, they have actually found evidence dating further back. I do believe, though, it's in a different spot, so I just can't... And also, it's, it's kind of finicky with you know estimations of years. Um, but as of this research, as of, I believe, up until like 2010-ish or so, this was believed to be the earliest evidence of human uh, existence on within the Philippines. So just keep that in mind. So the many ceremonial feasts uh, from the Tabanwa life were based in the firm belief that, you know, natural interaction between the world and the sort of the living world and the dead world were sort of melded together. Oftentimes you see this with a lot of tribal and native cultures that there is a bit more of a spiritual sense to it. And the, how the living and the dead kind of mingle a bit more than they do in our, I guess, modern way of thinking. And this is how these sort of original peoples may have believed. So, Dean C. Worcester, he actually wrote a vivid description of the Baobal from the Tabanwa people's belief. And with that, I'm going to read a quick quote from him about, again, that description of this creature. So he goes on to say, While a corpse is awaiting burial, the Tambanwa people 
are in dread of a mythical creature called the Barbal, which they say comes from the Maro country. It sails through the air like a flying squirrel. In form, it is manlike, with curved nails which it uses to tear open the thatch of houses, and a long tongue with which it reaches down to lick up the bodies. Modern tales of the Baobal say he walks in regular human form until being drenched in the light of a full moon, in which case this shapeshifter shifts back into its more distinct and disfigured bone collector form, essentially. Uh, the Baobal is often known as the bone collector. Other stories say that if you utter his name, Baobal, he will seek you out and devour your flesh, although, again, this kind of goes against the idea that you have to be dead for it to consume you. The physical attributes of the Baobal have also been, again, adapted into many other tales of flesh-eating creatures throughout the Philippines, such as the Fasayan version of the Aswang, the Manalahing, and the Dusal. Now, again... We're going to talk about a few of these in this next little segment. But note the first term that I said, the Aswang. And again, I'm going to pronounce all these wrong. Just kidding, I keep noting that. But the Aswang is essentially a term, not an actual creature. Even though some of the creatures use the term as their name. Again, it's confusing as hell. But we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I'll... I have it written out in this next little thing. So within Filipino mythology, there are several cultures that you should note about. You know, there's a lot of variation with the ghouls and the creatures that are from all these different archipelagos that kind of blend together and have very similar traits and stories to the possibly original, the Baal This is also a good time, again, to discuss the particular term Aswang. Again, it's sort of an umbrella term. And many of the islands and archipelagos of the Philippines have sort of intersecting cultures with them and peoples. Again, it's very similar to sort of indigenous peoples here in North America. You know, they all have separate and in some cases varying stories, myths, and monsters depending on where you are and who you're talking to. However, a lot of them also share a lot of similarities, and they kind of blend together. There might be regional similarities, there might be cultural similarities. And then the stories kind of get muddied as they kind of mix together and become their own. This said, I will try my best to mention the mythology or the people that these creatures come from. Finally, when, again, mentioning the term Aswang, they're not really referring to a single or single type of creature the word aswang is again a more of an umbrella term referring to a wide variety of things that are you know similar to vampires witches ghouls ghosts like it could it, it is a weird umbrella term that almost just means like monster but it's not at the same time and again certain creatures even have the name within their name. A similar trait that all Aswang have, and this is kind of why it's given the umbrella term, is that they all share the similarity of being shapeshifters in some way, in which they take oftentimes human forms during the day, and then eat or hunt or do whatever they do at night. For what we're going to be covering, for instance, because again, there are a lot of Aswang, as mentioned, 
we are going to be covering specifically ones that have similarities and similar stories to that of the bald ball in both you know the creatures as well as the specific shared traits that kind of get bounced around in particular it's going to be focusing on creatures that consume corpses after death Around this time of year, everyone is faced with the problem of what gift do I choose? What do you get for your family, your parents, the white elephant events at work, or even just for yourself to enjoy at home as the weather begins to cool down? We all have this issue of finding the right gift with that special wow factor, but wooden puzzles from Unidragon could be the solution to your problem. Unidragon offers dozens of fun, colorful, and creative puzzles with beautiful landscapes or uniquely designed animals. These puzzles are a great gift for both adults and children alike. Unidragon creates their puzzles with uniquely shaped wooden pieces, offering both a new and refreshing approach to puzzles themselves, while packaging these colorful sets into premium wooden gift boxes. Unidragon even offers new puzzles every single month, so you always have a reason to check back in. Do you want to get into that autumn feel with some really fun and creative animal designs? I would actually personally suggest checking out their fiery fox or their charming owl puzzles. Both are really neat and definitely give you that autumn slash fall feel. So if you are having some issues this year trying to find that perfect gift or that one gift that might have a bit of an extra punch of surprise to it, Consider choosing Unidragon. Pick out your puzzle at unidragon.com, and when you do, we'll get 10% off your purchase with promo code REALM. That's promo code REALM to save 10% off your purchase at unidragon.com today to help solve that issue of what gift to get. So, other Azuang-like creatures, the... Okay, I'm going to again pronounce all these horribly wrong. The Konon people believe that these ghouls steal corpses under the nose of those who are mourning. Once more in this specific belief system, they believe that a invisibly substituted banana trunk is put there after the consumption of the corpse and that it later on takes on a pretty much indistinguishable form of the corpse. However, in this specific belief system, they actually further on go on to say that the stalk or the you know tree trunk no longer has fingerprints on it. For some weird reason, that's something to be noted. I don't know why. Next up, we have the Bacala people. They come from the southeastern region of Luzon, and they actually have their own form of Aswang known as the Azuang no Lakao, otherwise known as the Walking Azuang, which does some sort of strange things with sound in particular. It, you know, they place their ear down to a rice martyr, or they stand on their heads in order to listen to the sounds of mourners through the ground. They're very weird. The Bokalano folklore also has an Azuang that could smell if a person is terminally ill. This particular version of their creatures are known as the Adondono. This creature stalks outside or under the houses of sick victims using its very long snake-like tongue to lick the sick person until they eventually die. 
Sometimes it even waits outside the house of a dying person in particular and just waits there until they pass away. Once the person does die and they have been buried, the creature will then go and dig up the corpse and begin to consume it. The Aswang na Lepad from the eastern Visayas are distinct in having uh, their own sort of flying Aswang as this. It remains in human form otherwise. However, again, it flies, unlike a lot of the other ones. Furthermore, it does not require wings in order to fly again. However, the method in which it achieves it is kind of bizarre and kind of unique. First, the creature must remove all of its clothing. Again, it has a human form. Then it appears to apply a green ointment created from herbs and fats to its armpits. Weirdly enough, once it does all of this, it is then able to just fly around. The way it flies resembles that of sort of running with the current of water, like down a river. So it kind of just glides along while it searches for, you know, fresh corpses, which again, it eats. The Aswang na Lapad, I don't know why I put like a Spanish accent on everything, I apologize, will only go after livers as well, taking it before quickly leaving, which is unique in some senses. Other senses, all the creatures go after livers. But in this particular one, it's pretty closely tied. It never, it is never again known to feed on living men, similar to most of these monsters. Although in some cases, dead farm animals who have missing livers have also been blamed on this particular creature. Weirdly enough, like a lot of them, it has a weird trait of not liking certain things. In particular, citrus fruits have the ability to take away its flight, which is odd but i guess good so carry around a citrus fruit with you and you'll be good the up next we have the barbalongs which are from the kagayang sulu and they have a again a human appearance most of these have a human appearance they can kind of get away with looking human most of the time and oftentimes people say that you transform into one this particular creature the barbalongs have a resemblance of characteristics to vampires. In particular, they have wings, they have sort of slanted eyes, and before you say anything, no, it's not like Asian eyes. They have what is described to be very similar eyes to cats, almost. So having the sort of slit iris instead of a normal cylindrical one like we do. So the following account I'm gonna read off comes from Rupert T. Gold. From the books the oddities and this is a particular encounter from a barbalong this book was published in 1928 and the quote this is kind of a long quote yeah it's a long quote but it describes a lot so i'm just going to read it off because a lot of this stuff comes from these sort of encounters and sort of retellings so the quote goes at the center of the island is a small village the inhabitants of which owe allegiance to neither of the two chiefs. The people are called Barbalongs, and the Kagayangs live in great fear of them. These Barbalongs are a kind of ghoul and feed on human flesh occasionally to survive. You can always identify them because the pupils of their eyes are not round, but just narrow slits similar to that of a cat. They dig open the graves and eat the entrails of corpses. But in Kagayang, the supply is limited. 
So when they feel the craving for a feed of human flesh, they go away into the grasslands, and having carefully hidden, hold their breaths and fall into a trance. Their astral bodies are then liberated. They fly away, and entering a home, make their way into the body of one of the occupants and feed on their entrails. The arrival of the Barbalongs may be heard from afar, as they make a moaning sound, which is loud from a distance but dies away as the feeble moan approaches you. When they are near you, the sound of their wings can be heard, and a flashing light of their eyes can be seen like dancing fireflies in the dark. Should you be the happy possessor of a cocoa nut pearl, you are safe. But otherwise, the only way to beat them off is to jab them with a chris, a blade which has been rubbed with the juice of a lime. If you see the lights and hear the moaning in front of you, wheel fast and make a cut in the opposite direction. Barbalongs always go for the contraries, and they are never where they actually appear to be. The cocoa nut pearl, a stone-like opal, sometimes found in a cocoa nut, is the only real efficient charm against their attacks. And it is only valuable to the finder, and its magical powers cease to be when it is given away. When the finder dies, the pearl also loses its luster and becomes dead. The juice of lime sprinkled on a grave will prevent the Barbalongs from entering it. So all the dead are buried either under or near the houses, and the graves are sprinkled daily with fresh lime juice. It's a bit of a long tale, but again, you can kind of see some of the similarities of the creatures that we've been talking about. The ability to fly, the ability to just sort of consume things, but being deterred by citrus, which is odd, but a shared trait. On the island of Ramblan, the Kaakag is a race of ghouls that comes out as the moon rises and when the moon sets. They listen to the sounds of other ghouls, so the other creatures that we've been talking about, then follow them to find freshly buried corpses. As the cadaver is then found, they place it in a very large banana leaf and proceed to celebrate in anticipation of their feasting. They cut the body into pieces and share it among the members of their group. To hide, they have the power to take the form of animals, and the kakags are apparently repulsed by both seaweed and spices. So these ones are kind of weird. They seem to almost function as a tribe themselves, and again, they don't seem to have a human form, which is unique to them. However, you know, they're humanoid in a sense, but instead of transforming into a person and hiding amongst people of the tribe, they resemble animals, which is unique. In Zambanwa, a woman by day, but flying creature by night, is known as an Ungo. She flies out of a secret hole in her roof in order to steal corpses. She cooks it, then gives it to some of her neighbors. And if they actually consume some of it themselves, they too become an ungo. Again, very highly functioning, like a lot of these creatures, which is bizarre in a lot of senses. And it seems to want more, <laughs> which is not good. In southern Albe, the walking Oswang, different one from what we talked about before, is said to be a man-eater and a corpse thief, particularly fond of devouring newly buried corpses. It is even said to take a corpse home, change it into the corpse of a pig, and feed it to its family. The Buso of the Bagado, the Buso of the Bagabo, 
are reported to congregate in the burial patch and become, quote, noisy. There is actually a quote on to say that if you go to a graveyard at night, you would hear a great noise. It is the sound of the buso talking together as they sit around on the ground with the children playing around them, which is odd. Again, it's very similar to the Kakags, which seem to have like an almost tribe-like feel to them. Next up, we have the Tin... Oh my gosh. The Tinguana culture. And they actually warn of a, quote, evil spirit known as the Ebwa. After the relatives were to bury their dead, quote, all of the night and the succeeding nine nights and days, a fire is kept burning near the grave in order to keep away the evil spirits of Abwa. And finally, we have the Weir which again, I'm probably pronouncing wrong. And this is a ghoulish being among the Apayao people. This is another quote saying that went, or they're referring to the Weir Weir, went everywhere spending his time looking for the dead. The Weir Weir lives on the dead bodies of people, exhuming those from their graves. Fearful of the Weir Weir would eat the corpses, the native priests would appease the creature, which in this sort of belief and culture, they sort of, not worshipped, but they kind of offered to it so that it would stop, you know, consuming their dead. So what sort of, you know, keeps these traditions going around? Because if you actually look into it, there are still reports of these creatures in the Philippines. There are, I believe, like, a few years ago, there were even, like, killings because people believe that, like, their neighbors were these things. It's very much still ingrained in a lot of more, I guess, maybe not so much in the cities, but, like, more rural regions and islands of the Philippines still have a lot of reverence towards, or fear, I, I should say, towards a lot of these creatures and it is something that you'll again you'll find all over the place there's a lot of variety between them and as you saw uh there's a lot of similarities too you know a lot of them have very long tongues most of them eat corpses some of them can fly some of them can trans well, most of them can transform even if it's just as you know shift into a more human-like form and oftentimes you know people who visit the philippines are often surprised in some senses that a lot of these behaviors and cultures are still around or still so firmly ingrained in particular uh a lot of filipinos across the area not everyone obviously but they play a lot of parlor games they sing songs they gamble they get drunk oftentimes around the ceremony of death this custom is probably a social habit that has survived from you know, the time in which people believed in these fierce ghouls and believed that, you know, creatures will steal you away at the night after you die. And it's something that I think a lot of Western cultures don't fully associate with. We talked about this towards the, you know, the top of the episode in which there's a lot of, you know, not like spiritualness to it, but sort of that connection between life and, you know, the living and the dead, essentially and how they're a bit closer in cultures across the globe than they are here. And not all, not, you know, obviously all around here. Again, indigenous people have a lot of very similar beliefs. You know, Central and South American cultures have very similar beliefs too, in which the dead and the living are a bit 
closer than we actually believe in more Western cultures. But I find that interesting. And again, I back in the day, I, I actually did cover like three of these animals or th- these animals, these creatures. And I associated them as completely different things, but kept things similar. And then upon doing research of the Balabal, this almost origin type monster, did I realize that the Aswang are a term and that a lot of the creatures that maybe don't even fall under the Aswang title, I think there's one called like the Monomangal or something. Uh, I could be pronouncing that wrong too or misremembering, or both. I did like cover all these things, but the bald ball, I think is a good starting point and sort of a good understanding of what Aswangs are to the Filipino mythology. And if you want to look into more, definitely do so. I Over on the website for this particular episode, obviously we'll, we will have the resource, we, ugh, resource notes so you could check out all the books and stuff that I've referenced and quoted from in order to check them out yourself. They go into a bit more detail on other creatures within the Filipino mythology. So if you're interested in that sort of stuff and you kind of liked how unique and bizarre and just kind of weird some of these monsters were, uh, definitely go check it out. It's definitely worth a read. But we actually, that's it. That's it for today. I hope you guys did enjoy it. It's kind of a different one, but I had a lot of fun researching it. And it was, and I think a little bit more spooky so we can actually enjoy the autumn season with a creepy ghoul (laughs) rather than some haunted highway. But until next week, I don't have anything. Again, I hope you guys did enjoy. If you enjoy the show and you wish to help out, Definitely consider leaving a five-star review. You can do so over on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen to. We are pretty much on all platforms, so definitely give us a listen wherever you prefer listening to your podcasts. Definitely go check out the website or our social medias as well if you want to stay up to date on topics and stuff that we're going over. You can do so at realmofunknown.com or just at realmofunknown on social media. And once more, if you want to support the podcast financially, and get some extra bonus goodies and bonus series, you could do so over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash realm of unknown. It really means a lot and it really does help out a lot as we try to you know make this a bit more official and pursue a bit more of a serious turn. I definitely want to go and check out some paranormal locations here around the Pennsylvania tri-state area. And that sort of stuff will probably be allocated over there. So if you want to check that out, check out the bonus series, check out the, you know, the polls and the behind the scenes stuff. Again, you can do so over at the Patreon. But that is all I have for this week. I really hope you guys enjoyed and I hope to see you guys next week. But until then, remember to stay spooky. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you.